Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. The letter was written as we discussed for one specific and primary reason, and that reason is to tell the people the resident aliens, as it were, according to the, the first couple verses of the different regions in which this letter was circulated, to stand strong, that life is going to be hard, that it's going to be difficult, that they're going to have problems, that in fact they were already having problems. Uh, we talked at the very beginning about how about how their, their problems were so much more significant than ours in regards to persecution, that they were being literally burned alive and skinned alive and persecuted in the most horrific of ways. Uh, and Peter wrote into this environment, into this situation, to tell them to say, just stand strong. doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've seen. It doesn't matter what you will see. Stand strong. And so I tell you the same thing. And it's the reason why we're going over First Peter is because I want to tell you the same thing. doesn't matter what you've seen what you are seeing and what you will see. The fact of the matter is, and I don't want to be the guy that's all doom and gloom, but at the end of the day, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it's not probably not going to get better until Jesus comes back. So you might as well settle in, find your confidence where your confidence can be found, which is in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone, and let's just accept the fact that we love God, God loves us, he holds us in his righteous right hand, and he will take care of us regardless of what's going on around us. Amen? And that's the message that he's given. And <clears throat> I talked to you about how within this message, chapters 1 through verse, chapter 2, verse 10, he says that we should stand strong because of the great salvation that we have. Because what Jesus Christ has done for us is so incredible, he deserves that we stand strong. And we're still in that because, like I said, we're, we're still in chapter 1. But he continues with this theme, stand strong because you have a great salvation until chapter 2, verse 10. And then he moves on to stand strong because of the godly example that you are being and that you can be and that you will be to the people around you. And then ultimately he ends the, the letter with stand strong because at some point, praise God, Jesus is coming back for us. And so, but all of that being true, we're still on the stand strong because of the salvation that you have. And so I, I want to talk about that today, and specifically out of verses 10 through 12, because we're doing a verse-by-verse -verse breakdown of, these, of this letter. <clears throat> verse 10 starts like this. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So what is Peter saying? I'll be honest with you, man. I read these verses, and I read these verses, and I read these verses, and I never could 
I, like I really struggled to grab a hold of a, what is he saying specifically here. And I think what he's saying specifically here is stand strong in the salvation you have because you have a salvation that has been proven. You're not standing on anything wishy-washy. What you have is very concrete. We have a proven salvation, which is the title of the message today. Our, our salvation is proven. God is good. He started out with that, and then he started singing praises, and then he talked about the benefits of that salvation, and he says, so, with all of these things in mind, because of that salvation, stand strong because your salvation has been proven. And if anything's been proven, what does that allow? That allows for confidence. And so this is a ver these verses speak about confidence. Now, I'll tell you the next set of verses, he immediately starts with, therefore, prepare your minds, and he starts giving commands. But right now, before you do anything, before he asks you to do anything, he wants to let you know that the thing that you're holding on to, the thing for which you do all the stuff for, is sure and immovable and unshakable. And it doesn't matter what happens around you, your circumstance doesn't dictate your confidence. We all need confidence. How many of you guys search for confidence, whether in your salvation or in the way that you look or your finances or your job? You want to know that people see you the, way, the best way that they can see you. And I tell you, God has done everything to ensure that you have the confidence to know that he loves you. And this is what these verses are saying. That your salvation is proven, and proven can have confidence, because we all need confidence. Amen? There was a story of a young gentleman, engineer, graduated college, got a job offer for, for two years to go to Ireland. And so he was going to go to Ireland because he wanted to get married to his sweetheart. And so he goes to Ireland with the idea, the understanding that when they got back, they will pool the resources that they had and buy their own home and get married. And so he leaves for this two-year stint. He finally gets to Ireland. He writes, they write back and forth every day. A couple months in, he says, I sure do love you and I miss you. I wish I could be there with you. But I want to be honest with you. The, the ladies around here, I've caught their eye, and it's a little tempting. I'm struggling. And so he sends the letter. He gets the letter back, and it's, there's a package in it, and it says, I understand that there's a struggle, and that it's hard for you to keep your mind focused. And so in this package, you're going to find a harmonica. And every time that you go to think about one of these other girls, I want you to practice this harmonica to give you something other than that to think about. And so he does. Two years rolls by. He finally gets to go home. He meets his girlfriend, soon-to-be wife, at the train station. He's all excited, as you can imagine. been two years since he's held her and kissed her or done whatever. And so he runs to her across the train platform. And he goes to grab her up and snatch her up like one of these old romantic movies. And she holds her hand out. She goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we get started with all this hugging and kissing, I'm going to need to hear you play this harmonica. <laughs> so as much as she 
wanted to do that too. As much as he wanted to do that, she needed proof that she was loved, that he cared about her. And so do we. It's okay to need or want proof because according to these verses, God gave us all the proof that we need. And I'm going to show you that in three, three ways today. Number one, salvation is proven in the searches and inquiries of the prophets. Verses 10 and 11. As to this salvation, the promises, the prophet promises, I forgot my glasses. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Our salvation is proven in the way prophets intentionally sought after it. As they allowed themselves to search after the Christ that was coming. And can I tell you, God rewarded their search. Brother Leonard, I, I hear him, I hear Pastor Rick, I've heard so many people, well, I think probably everybody that's ever preached from this pulpit, I hope, believes that the word of God that we read from is inerrant, which means it's without error and without contradiction. And that it is inspired and use, inspired by the Spirit of God and useful for all things. All of these things are scriptural. You know where we got the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, the prophecy scriptures? From people who intentionally sought after and inquired of God what he would have them do. And God rewarded them, telling them everything they needed to know about who Jesus would look like. This is a big deal. And I can prove that to you. We just got out of the book of Amos. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. And so they searched, and God revealed the truth of the word to them. Our salvation is proven when we search and inquire, expecting God to reveal to us as he did the prophets. I don't, <coughs> I don't know how many books were published last year. It's probably something I should have looked up. Probably 100,000. But you know what I can't do? I can't teach from any of them. I can only teach from this one. Because this one is inspired by God after prophets searched for God and he revealed himself to them. People say, I want to know the stuff you know. And can I tell you, I had that conversation with a guy named Brian Jones when I first got saved. I told him, I took him to lunch. I said, I want to take you to lunch. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, I got a couple questions for you. He was a very charismatic fella. And uh, we were talking. I took him to a Mexican restaurant. I don't even like Mexican food. Took him to a Mexican restaurant because that's where he wanted to go. And he said, I said, I want to know how you know what you know. I want to know what you know. And he says, I can't tell you what, what I know. Not in a way that's going to stick with you. He said, you've got to search the word yourself and find out. 
That's how it sticks with you. You study it. You pursue it. You chase after it like the prophets did. And just as God rewarded the prophets, he'll reward you. I'm paraphrasing this conversation, but that's, that's what he told me. And I tell you, that's exactly true. It was true in our, it's true in your life when you study. I'm not a miser teacher. I'm not one of these guys that just likes telling you, you got to need to get in a word because I know you got nothing better to do. I tell you to get in a word because that's where you're going to find your confidence to walk out the walk that God's telling you to walk out, the ability to the strength to walk out according to the word what you're supposed to be doing. He did it for the prophets and proved Christ in them. He wants to do the same thing in us and prove Christ in us. And it's all right here. He told the prophets about Jesus. And they wrote it down. There's over 400 prophecies about Jesus. Do you know that? Now, I'm not talking about, in the Old Testament, I'm, I'm not talking about foreshadowings. I'm talking about actual prophecies where they mention something that Jesus would do sometime during his life and fulfill. And he did every one of them. Fulfilled every one of them exactly as they said he would. You know how they knew that? Because they searched after God, and God revealed it to them, rewarded it to them. You want revelation? There's a reason why I pray, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because if you want wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better, you're actually going to have to chase him down and pursue him so that you might know him better. I chased Angela down. Well, she chased me down. That's not true. I chased her down. But had I not been willing to chase her, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have she wouldn't have revealed herself to me. And I wouldn't know how to continue to chase her or how to pursue her. But because I did, we have an intimate relationship like I've never had before. And if he did it for the prophets, he could do it for you. You want an intimate relationship with God like you've never had before? Chase after him in the word of God. Because he will reveal, God, he will reveal himself in Christ Jesus to you. He did it 400 plus times. He said where and how Jesus would come. Micah 5.2 reads like this. But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of the Judah, the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So Micah says that Jesus is going to come from Bethlehem. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. But also that he would be a Nazarene and come out of Egypt. How is all that possible? It's possible because that's exactly how it happened. He was from Nazareth, went to Bethlehem to be born, escaped to Egypt to come back to, to, come back to Israel, the promised land. Because God revealed it to the prophets, we know what Jesus looks like. People say, I don't listen to the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not relevant for today. How do you know what Jesus is going to look like if you don't know what they said he would look like? 
400 times plus. And he fulfilled all of them. That's amazing, isn't it, Brother Leonard? Isaiah 7, 4, 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with children and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Guess what happened? A virgin had a son, and his name was Emmanuel. Jesus fulfilled every prophecy. Why do I tell you that? Because I want you to have the confidence that your salvation is as proven for you as it was for the prophets. They wrote it down because they had confidence in the fact that it was true. Because they searched after God and finding out what was true. Isn't that amazing? Over 400. I want you to get your head around that. I'm going to try to help you. Not really because the number is too big. If you took eight of the major prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, and any, the statistical probability of any one individual fulfilling eight of those prophecies is one to the 27th power. Eight. He fulfilled 400. Pastor Jim, I don't know what that means. One to 27th power. That's a big number. That's one. Zero 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 eight. It'd be the same statistically as covering the state of Texas, two feet deep with quarters, painting backside of one of them red telling somebody to walk across the state in whatever direction they want to, dig as deep into that pile as they want to, and then pulling out the red one the first try. That's a pretty big, significant possibility. That's a, that's a pretty significant statistic to me. Let me try to help a little bit more. Now, I know you all, man, this doesn't matter. I'm trying to build your confidence so that you can have the proof of your salvation that they had. A dollar bill, a bill, is .0047 inches thick. It takes 200 tightly stacked bills to make an inch. Half of the number I read to you, if you stack that many bills on top of each other, would reach to and from the earth to the moon five times. And that's half the number I just read to you. You understand how sure they were that Jesus is real? How you can have confidence that Jesus was real or is real? You know why I know these things? Searches and inquiries. Because God laid himself out in his word for us. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I've said it before. People... How do you, I want to know what you know. Study the way I study. I want to know what Brother Leonard knows. I'll study as long as he's been studying. There's no special revelation for me. No special revelation for Pastor Rick or Brother Leonard or Dave Cook, if he's an elder. There's no special revelation for us. 
Caleb because he's a worship leader. There's only revelation you search after. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But you have to search after it. You have to have a hunger for it. You have to want it. And people say all the time that I don't, I don't, I don't like reading or I don't, I don't want to do that. There's a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do. Told you guys, guy named Bud Thorpe told me one time. He said, "You get an appetite for what you eat." Some of the biggest muscle heads I know. First time they went to the gym, hated it. But they made themselves go back, and they stayed a little longer. And then they went back and stayed a little longer. And then they went back and worked a different part. And they stayed a little longer. And now you ask them, they miss one day at the gym, they feel horrible all day. Because their body yearns for that. You're going to build an appetite what you for what you consume. I don't like to read. That's going to mess y'all. I didn't like to read. But you know, I have probably over 2,000 books in my house. How do you read 2,000 books if you don't like to read? Because I read one page until I enjoyed reading two pages. Then I read two pages until I enjoyed reading a chapter, and then a book, and then five books until I decided I wanted to read ten books. You get an appetite for what you eat. And if through search and inquiry, God proves salvation to them, through search and inquiry, he'll prove salvation to you. And I, I don't know about you, but I think, I think that's beautiful. To what end? To know him. <laughs> that's so good. Everything we do, to know him. Or so that others can know him. First line of our mission statement. We exist to be a place where people can come to know God. Because everything else under our mission statement is not possible unless you know him. You can want freedom, but you're never going to find it without him. You might want purpose, you're never going to find it without him. You might want to make a difference, but you're not going to make any significant difference without him. So we search and we inquire for a purpose and that purpose is to is to what know him i love to use my pastor rick's favorite verses every chance i get and so i'm going to read these to you philippians 3 8 through 11 says this now he likes out the amplified version but that's too long He's very, he's very wordy like that. I don't know if you guys know that. He's, he's very verbose in a good way. <laughs> but listen to this. It's one of the first verses, set of verses he ever, he ever gave me. More than that, I count all things lost, to be lost in view of the surpassing value of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Y'all catch that? Everything in my life doesn't mean nothing. I traded all to know Jesus. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, 
so that I may gain Christ. I'd set it all aside and take double the beatings I've taken right now if it meant that I knew Jesus just a little bit better. And that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So he's saying, I'm willing to do all that. Get rid of all that. Take that beating. Search, inquire. I'm willing to do whatever's necessary because of Christ Jesus. Because without Christ Jesus, I wouldn't have righteousness. Without righteousness, I have nothing. And then verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the res resurrection from the dead. How I many of you guys would be willing to say, man, I, I'd, I'd do whatever. Whatever needs to be done, no matter how bad it hijacks my life, no matter what it costs me, what it costs the people, the relationships that I have, to know Jesus better and to make sure other people knew him better too. I'd give it all away for that. Because if we're Christians, that should be our answer. But you're all, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe, I, I, I don't think I'm at that place. Can I tell you why you're not at that place? And I'm not being ugly to you. You're not at that place because you haven't searched and inquired enough. It's a tough word, but it's true. There is a point where the fire within you will consume everything else around you. If you're willing to hold to the proof given when we inquire. That's good. I'm going to I'm going to leave us there today.